Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. I am your host, Matthew Potter. Every time we start the show, CJ talks some nonsense, and then he gives a compliment to the host, to the judge. So I see the strategy now. Mr. RJ Bates. We don't have any NBA questions. So I wanted to throw in the NBA today by saying you guys are like the Detroit Pistons and San Antonio Spurs. I feel like Steve's skin is like slightly lighter. Uh, so shout out to, uh, shout out to Steve. Um, we have Mr. Leon, do not forget the G, Barnes. The G in Leon G, Barnes stands for growth. We haven't had a lot in my life on my face. So we're trying a new experiment. PTD has made me better. Absolutely. Greatest outros of all time right there. What is going on, everyone? Great to have you on this week's Part in the Disruption. I am your host, Matthew Potter, and we are going to go ahead and get into it uh, real quick. Just want to give you a breakdown of how we do things around here. Um, right here are our rules. We have five questions. Uh Ranging from real estate business, leadership, viral video, sports, and trending. Each person will get 60 seconds, and then we'll argue afterwards for two minutes. Uh, points are awarded to the panelists based on arguments and rebuttals, and we are doing something different this week. They've given me the power. You will get in-question points. Here's your points, and here's taking your points away. Um, that's going to apply to RJ and Steve. Leon and CJ are just going to run away with it this week. We're going to get into intros. Starting with last week's champion, coming to us from Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, we have R.J. Bates III. Introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? R.J. Bates III here. Uh, I'm going to start a new segment on my intros. I'm just going to read the top five comments left on Steve's short from the previous week. Here's my top five. Say you're a Chinese spy without saying it. Number two, so the communist wants us to pay them. Number three. Look, a Chinese communist telling what Americans can own and can't own. Number four, the ignorance here makes me cringe. And number five, someone's being a little snowflake. God bless Steve Train. <laughs> Point to RJ for the great intro. <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, do not forget, uh, we have Leon G. Barnes. Do not forget the G. Go ahead and introduce yourself, collective genius. Go ahead, boss. What's up, everyone? It uh, Today, unfortunately, G no longer stands for growth. It stands for gone. He gone. All the hair on my face, all seven of them are gone. I uh, just could not stand it anymore. And every day that I looked in the mirror, I started looking more and more like RJ Bates. And if you start looking like RJ, you got to get out of Razor. <laughs> the G this week actually stood for get on the call. Leon was the last one to show up. That's why First we started time. slightly late. Ever. All right. Next up, coming to us from Richmond, VA, we have Chris Jefferson, CJ, the U. Introduce yourself, boss. Chris Jefferson, uh, the U. All right. Richmond, VA. Uh, it's always good to be here. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. The vibes I'm getting from RJ today, I'm not sure what's going on with this hat. <laughs> uh, Potter, it's good to see you. Light Skin Steve, what's up? Um, and, and and young young Leo G man, it's good to see you as well, man. Good to see you as well. I see it. I see it. Oh man! All right. Last, certainly not least, we have Mr. Disruptor himself, Steve Trang. Say hi to the people. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm glad we have a full roster here. You know, CJ saw the questions was about leadership, so he tried to duck it today because he didn't have a drink. <laughs> Um, and the reason why we're late, we apologize. The reason why we're late is because Leon showed up late and, uh, his penalty for being late today is going to go through RJ's 36 points of how to be productive. So check that out. It's, it's a, it's a video that's gone viral because no one knows how it takes 36 steps to be productive. The, the good news is I'll be, I'll get 36 points today to make up for that. So uh, we break even. How about that? that there we go. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into it with question number one. Earlier this week, Tiger Woods and Nike announced the end of their partnership. What is the longest real estate relationship you were or are involved in? Start us off, RJ. Yeah, so Cassie, my partner, uh, we are breaking into our 14th year of being business partners. Um, our, this is our ninth year of doing nothing but real estate. Uh, it, it's it's been a great um, just opportunity to teach other people how to run a successful partnership. You know, Cassie and I we never 
question each other. We There's never a lack of trust. Um, we show up every single day. And I think the thing that has made our partnership so successful has been the fact that our work ethics are aligned <laughs> and our goals are aligned. And uh, because of that, it's it's crazy to, to think about 14 years, but that's that's definitely the longest partnership I've ever had. There we go. 14 years. Congratulations. That's a that's a solid partnership right there. All right, Leon, what about you? Uh, longest relationship in this real estate business? Well, I love this question because uh, if you've watched this show before, you know I'm all about community and relationships. And I feel like as new investors or if you're an investor that's um, um, – you know, you haven't had a lot of long-term relationships. I think that's something that you should be working on. I think it's super important uh, to grow your business. Uh, for me, there are two that came to mind immediately. I've been with the same title company for 10 years, um, and I know that that isn't always a great thing, uh, but the relationship that I have with my title company uh, has been one that I feel like has helped me in so many situations uh, turn um, you know, hairy situations into gold. Uh, I think one of the relationships there are actually a couple different contracting crews for the fix and flips that I do, as well as the burst strategy uh, that I do. Um, it says a lot about those contractors, it says a lot about our business that we've had contractors that have been working with us for 10 years consistently for those 10 years, and they haven't had to go look for work. And I haven't had to worry at night if those projects are getting done or not. There we go. Consistent consistency from uh from leon over there we like it all right cj what about you yeah i've got uh two that come to mind initially uh because i just saw the question for the first time um uh, i've got uh <laughs> i've got two lenders uh that i i worked with one that gave me my first loan on my first ever flip uh back in 2010 and uh, i actually didn't have enough money for the twenty thousand dollar down payment so I borrowed the 20,000 uh, from another lender uh, as a secondary source of funds on that deal. And uh, I've been, so I was able to do the deal 100% financing for my first deal, but I've been working with these guys for uh, almost 14 years now or 14 years now. Uh, and that's been really cool. We've had some upswings, some downswings, some deals go left, some deals go right. And uh, those relationships have been really critical. I can think of moments where like the guy who lent me the 20 grand being in a jam, in between draws, not sure what to do. Got to pay my guys on a Friday and uh, being able to call them, get a wire the same day uh, to be able to float. So uh, I really value both those relationships a lot. Those are solid, solid relationships in this business. All right, Steve, what about you? Longest uh, relationship, start us off. Uh, so before I get into it, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Cassie. You know, like to be able to carry a, a glorified shift manager for 14 years, like wow. that's a hell of a freaking job. Like that's... She should get her own points on this show for that. Um, so for mine, I don't know if I want to admit it. Like, I don't know if I want to disclose this because it's kind of uncomfortable. But uh, my longest relationship in, in real estate, uh, it's not the short sale that we're still processing from 15 years ago. Uh, but it's the guy that helped me become the short sale expert. So, you know, Matthew and I connected back in 08 or 09 uh, well, when I was the quote unquote short sale expert. And he would do all the dirty work behind the scenes. So uh, I've been working with Matt for far too long. We've done way too many different types of transactions together. He was licensed with a brokerage for some time. And now he's leading our real estate family tree. So that's for better or for worse. That's my longest standing re <laughs> real estate relationship. 16 years. That's right. See, see the importance, uh, boys and girls, of relationships. You too can host a show if you've known someone like Steve long enough. Look at that. Yeah. The only qualification. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Steve was a short sale expert. Potter just did what you said you're saying. Now, yes. now he's the short sale expert. What what does Steve do? What does light skin Steve do all that? That's what I <laughs> <laughs> I go to the customers and I take it to the engineers and I talk this to the engineers up, and bring nah, it back to the customers. NFTs. This is how you end up buying NFTs. I'm a goddamn people bad. person. What's wrong with you people? Leon, I, I have to say, you, you brought up Title Company and uh, the first ever deal that Cassie and I did back in 2014 was with the Title Company we still use here in DFW. 
And that relationship was so vitally important for us in our first two years because the education that we got was not solid. We weren't really educated. Yep. And she helped teach us so much, that escrow officer at that title company. Um, we have followed her through multiple different title companies, eventually inevitably leading to her starting her own title company. Uh, great relationship and has, has definitely moved the needle for us in our, I, our wholesaling journey. When I thought about this question, I thought, who has helped me the most over the last 10 years? Whenever I would ask a question, wouldn't tell me no, would just say, well, we've never done that before, but let's see if it's possible. Yeah. That's the type of response that if you're not working with a title company like that, and let's face it, all title companies are not created equal. All investors are not created equal either. I realize that. But at the same time, there are title companies that are investor friendly um, more so than others. And so when you find one of those, hold on to it, build relationships. I can't tell you how many relationships I have and how many deals we've closed because of that title company, including private money investors that have been referred to us because we closed so many deals at that title company. Yeah. And one of the fastest ways, uh, real quick, one of the fastest ways to end a relationship is for a title person to tell us no. (laughs) Hey, can we do this? No. All right. Thanks. You are absolutely useless. I will find someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Just a surgeon general's warning, man. If you're RJ Bates, (laughs) you know, if you find yourself in this position, (laughs) Where you've got a great title representative that for whatever reason has to keep bouncing title company to title company. Guys, be a good person, a good human being to help them start a title company and, and use your marketing prowess. All right. To help them grow their business, to have a sustainable place. All right. There we go. Right, introduce me to your, your title lady on email, by the way. Charged up title, sorry, baby. Charged up title, man. I'm focused on my headshot concept over here. I don't want to run a title company. You know, we, we said that relationships are important, but Steve made a great point there. I'll give him actually that on this particular question and answer. Um, if you do have a title company that you've been working with and you feel like you have a great relationship and you're getting more no's lately than you are getting yeses, it's probably time to start looking for another one. Big facts. All right. That was a great uh, first question there. I like that. Look, everybody had a great answer. Steve's getting home field advantage on this one. I mean, I've had to put up with him for 16 years. RJ, put your hands down. Point to Steve on that round. All right, we're going to get into question number two. Bob Myers, former GM of the Warriors, is one of two outside executives being brought in to help the Washington Commanders hire a new coach. As a real estate investor, have you ever brought in a CEO or executive from another industry to help you with big business or hiring decisions. Start us off, Steve. Uh, uh, I've done it countless times. Uh, the most recent one was we finally relented and went outside third party for recruiter. And since we went uh, third party for recruiter, we've been getting rock star applicants after rock star applicants. So uh, that's been absolutely huge. And then last week we were talking about you know the uh, position you would look for a portal. Uh, the, and we're talking about COOs, uh, and I kind of share, right? I am actively looking to hire a COO that's been involved in a nine figure exit. Cause I think that's what it's going to take to get our company, uh, to the land where we want to be. So, uh, we are, it's really applicable for me today. So yes, absolutely. Uh, and I would say multiple times, I just, those are just two that are happening right now. There we go. Okay, Steve. Trying to get the point board to work over here. Maybe we can start with that before the hires. Just throwing it out there. All right. Art J, what about you? I have not hired someone to to come in and and help make big business decisions or hiring decisions. I have consulted people um, that I have, you know, relationships with, friendships with. Um, But more importantly, the first part of this question is, is, man, CJ, dude, your your football team sucks so bad <laughs> that they're going out and they're they're like they're trying to find any organization that has any sort of success. Like, Will you please help us? Uh, man, just it's a terrible name, uh, terrible organization, terrible stadium, terrible fans, terrible colors. Like just, 
I don't think there's a worse organization than the Washington Commanders. So if that's what they're doing, then no, I'm not ever going to follow through with what the Washington Commanders do. Uh, RJ is absolutely brutal. We, we love it. All right, Leon, what about you? What are your thoughts? Well, I actually was going to say congrats to CJ because his organization is finally starting to understand that maybe they don't have the smartest people in-house and they need to go outside. This is not unprecedented. I mean, this happened in other industries uh, where baseball and uh, other uh, industries started bringing people from the outside um, to give them different perspective. And I think it's super important for us as real estate investors to make sure that we're doing the same thing. Um, um, yeah. I'm very thankful uh, that a lot of you know that when I started in this industry, I started out as a COO running a day-to-day -day operations for fix, fix and Flip Company. And one of the things that I forced myself to do out of the gates is make sure that I was around other business owners and, and networking. So I consistently networking with other business owners. And turns out all of us entrepreneurs have very, well, so like RJ, I didn't necessarily hire a lot of them, but I consulted on a weekly basis and went to their offices and talked to them about hiring decisions and marketing things that were working for them. So it is crucial networking again, relationships, super important. Don't underestimate the power of going outside of your own industry. There you go. All right, CJ, we're interested to hear what you have to say about your team and uh, right. their strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, taking shots when I got on Burgundy team colors is <laughs> kind of crazy, bro. <laughs> Um, as a former season ticket holder, um, you know, I feel good about this. I really do. Uh, I don't feel good enough to, to renew my tickets. Uh, you know, shout out to the org. All right. I don't feel that great yet. Uh, but I think this is good, right? I think going out and get outside advisement, I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, I had some struggles in 2017 that I talk about a lot. Uh, I didn't hire somebody to work for me, but I definitely consulted, uh, on a Harvard educated executive had them come in uh, and they did really transformative work in my business. Uh, and two of the things that they helped me with the most was uh, at least in my, my business life, right? My, not my personal life, I guess, but they helped me with speed of making decisions. Right. Uh, so, you know, one thing that he said to me one time was uh, you should be able to make any educated critical decision in 60 seconds or less, right? You gotta be able to follow your gut instinct, follow that voice from God, whatever that might be. Uh, and then the other thing that's really, really helped me uh, over the years is you have to look at business in, in simple ways, right? I think a lot of us, we get stuck trying to be, you know, look at things within whatever box we think we need to look at things in. Sometimes you got to take a step out of that, look at things in a more simplistic way. And that's been really helpful. Damn. Shout out to Chris for being able to make it this far and making decisions in 60 seconds or less. I thought it would have been like the Washington Commanders. I think that's how they made their decisions. <laughs> well, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't before that. But I've, I've tried to work on it. I'm not perfect at that, though. I was going to say, if you're making all your decisions 60 seconds or less, man, that's like kudos to you. There are some decisions nah, that are like two seconds. There are some decisions that are like Bro, he's done He's done by 9 a.m. for a day's worth of work. Come on now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, I, I feel really good. Bob Myers is really smart. I feel really good about him helping uh, the commanders. Um, one thing I would suggest is go ahead and since they're, you know, right there in the DC area, just go on and send him over to the wizards as well to figure out that. I'm not a wizards fan, man. They, they could use the help man. between the wizards yeah. and, and the commanders. My goodness, dumpster fires all over the DC area. That's a my fact, hope. Man. My hope for UCJ is Bob Myers comes in and he helps recruit Draymond to your team, the commanders. I think that's the missing piece. Yeah, yeah we could put a, helmet, put a helmet on Draymond <laughs> and uh, let him tackle somebody. It might be a better sport. Well, it might be a better sport. RJ, I, know you went, I know you went hard at the, uh, at, at the commanders, but man, back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, that's a proud franchise. And so if you're going to really talk about the worst franchises, I wouldn't put Washington up there. Now, the Jets, on the other hand, that's a different story. I, I would say that's probably one of the worst ran organizations. I nominate, I nominate, I nominate the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so going into uh, bringing in uh, a person that understands building a roster, though, like, again, I, I'm just going back to the fact that the recruiter we brought in, uh, yeah. she worked. She was a recruiter for Facebook and she was a recruiter for Google. Right. And like she knows what it takes. And. I've been trying to do this on my own, do it internally, and it's just a light and day difference. When you have someone that has done it at a high level for a very long time, it makes it, it's 
has profound impact. And I think it's really smart on the commanders to bring in Bob Myers to, to, to uh, help them with the hiring decision. What I really want to know is, is I've known CJ now through our, our time on pardon the disruption as like a realist, someone that speaks facts. <laughs> he always wants to point back to the facts. And then when he talks about his football team, it's with this just dumbfoundingly optimism where he's like, I feel really good about this decision. How often do you feel really good about these decisions that your team's making there, CJ? You know what I love about that <clears throat> question, RJ? As you as you asked it, you know, I reflected on the times that I scrolled IG <laughs> and in Facebook and I and I see you in hockey gear. Right. <laughs> and I and I say to myself, I'm like, this dude, he still thinks he's going pro. He still thinks this is going to work out, you know? So, and, and so, you know, from, from, you know, one, one optimist to another, man, like, uh, you know, you know the vibes, man. You, you see what I got going on. We got to be hopeful. Just, just don't forget, RJ, that, you know, fan is short for fanatic. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Have no other choice but to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah, bro, we got the second pick, man. What's up? <laughs> yeah, it's either pessimistic. It's, e it's either you're hopeful or you're dead on the inside, and that's how we feel as Cardinals fans or a Jets fan. Just always know that you're not going to win. It's a rough go. This is the year <laughs> we're not going to win again. <laughs> It's a rough go of it for uh, many of our panelists and their uh, respective football teams this year. Uh, Going to go ahead and give a point to CJ for the eternal optimism for uh, his uh, commanders on that round. Good banter, as always. There we go. We'll uh, go ahead and get him a point. All right, we're going to get into uh, question number three. This is our video. Go ahead and check this out. Remember, when Cedric the Entertainer starts, he's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why he's called the Entertainer. Right. We found out he can't sing, can't dance, and doesn't he write jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad, Shannon. They're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Can I say that again for the audience? They're so bad that they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. You don't think Sam's a good, a good comedian? The world doesn't think that, sir. I have 12 comedy specials. He has four specials that are not available on Netflix or Tubi. All right. So off of that, is it okay to expose real estate professionals? Start us off, CJ. Go easy. <laughs> Go easy. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know if it's exposing when you're responding, right? You know, what the things that Kat was talking about here, he was responding to things that were said uh, either about him or on the same platform, right? So I can, I can understand that. Uh, I think our industry has gotten a bit weird with this whole uh, everybody's trying to expose, you know, everybody's not a guru. Everybody really does it. Every, I, I think it's all kind of lame and weird, you know, uh, because often in our space, uh, nobody even says who they're talking about, you know, like they allude to people and what I've concluded, right. I've been in the space for a long time. What I've concluded is people are just simply trying to market themselves and make themselves sound better, uh, by quote unquote, exposing other people. If it's not coming from an actual helpful place, uh, then I, I think it's pretty corny. And I think it's pretty lame personally. There we go. I, I like it. The PC answer today. He's not he's not <laughs> trying to lose points from his favorite realtor over here. All right, Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts? I'm here for it. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, there has been a time or two where I might whisper something into Corey Thompson's ear. <laughs> I was like, hey, did you hear about this? What are your thoughts on this? And just let him go to work. Um, there's uh, Chris Rude, right? He posted something uh, a couple of weeks ago. I loved it. Um, to Chris's point, you know, he could have been a little bit more specific. Uh, and then there's a reason why uh, I don't watch reality TV. So I do enjoy baller busters whenever it comes up in my feed. Right. So I think that there is something to be said for exposing these people. But even though there's something to be said for it, no one's doing it from what I've seen except for Corey Thompson. So I'm here for it. I support it, but 
I try to stay out of it as far as being actively involved in it because I'm not trying to put out negative energy, but I get, I get sucked up into the drama as well. There we go. Don't, don't be bringing negative vibes around the office, Steve. We, we don't need that. All right. <clears throat> what about you, RJ? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of this whole exposing other people that are, are trying to, to make a living and, you know, being an entrepreneur is hard. I think a lot of times what I've seen is, is people being exposed because they weren't successful in a venture or, or it didn't get a positive result. And, you know, CJ and I openly talk about the fact that we've had struggles in our businesses. Uh, what could that have done to my family and my business and the, my ability to help change other people's lives? If I had had someone come out and attack me and expose me and be like, dude, uh, Chris Jefferson can't make payroll in 2017. Does that mean he can't impact thousands of lives now in 2023? No, it's that's part of the entrepreneur journey at times, overcoming struggles. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I do think there's a time and place where um, maybe a theory that's being thrown out needs to be exposed and let people reverse engineer. Like, for example, I saw a post on social media the other day that said, hey, the numbers don't work on a deal. You, that's what you wholesale. I completely disagree. That is not what you wholesale. That's bullshit. Um, I'll expose that topic. I'm not going to call out the person because it's not necessary. You can figure that out for yourself if you follow that person. So that's how <coughs> I like to handle those situations. Don't don't talk about CJ like that, dude. He's right there. Like, come on now, bro. Be be nice. Be nice. All right, Leon. What about you, man? Well, I mean, I'll let the audience go back and watch all the PTDs and they, they definitely know that I love to spit fire. Um, but I am not I'm not someone to take a flamethrower, which, by the way, how entertaining was that? I don't know how many views it's had now, but um, I'm for it when it comes to the, the comedy side, because I love being exposed because comedians steal from each other all the time. The good thing about in real estate investing is we can steal from each other all the time and it not be that big of a deal. But in comedy, it's a little different, obviously. Um, I, I am not. And Steve knows this about me. Um, I try to never say any ill about anybody uh, because I know that at almost 47 years of, of age, that that negative energy and talking bad about others is just going to, you know, it, it says more about you than it does actually that individual. So I try to spend less time on that. Uh, but one thing I will say is this, um, in a community like ours, 375 members strong, um, if somebody comes to me and asks me about a, a specific individual about doing a JV uh, or doing, you know, a, you know, hiring that individual, you know, I tell them the truth, um, you know, and let them then make the decisions based upon the feedback that I've heard about that individual services or what I know about that individual. That is not speaking ill will. That's speaking the truth. And I think it's important um, when we know these type of things, like Steve tells me all the time not to work with RJ. I, I, I have to listen to that. right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, when we're talking about, you know, the, the, the stuff that Leon doesn't talk about, that's the reason why I corner him. We're a collector genius, like Leon. What do you got? What's 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 the latest, right? Uh, but as far as RJ goes, I strongly disagree. As far as exposing someone during a downtime, the perspective here is when you're having a hard time, or CJ has a hard time, or I'm, ha I'm having a hard time. We'll say we're having a hard time. I can say with full confidence that my education company revenue went down as I was being honest about my business. But I live with that because I sleep good at night knowing that I am fully honest and transparent, right? My challenge, what you were talking about earlier, someone has a downtime. If they're talking about how awesome they're doing and they're not, now you're just selling snake oil because now you're selling something that's unproven. And now you're taking someone's good, hard-earned money that you don't deserve, right? Because you're selling under false pretenses. But uh, it's our job as their competitor in the education space to be better at marketing, better conveying our message for them to spend their dollars and cents with us instead of the person that's selling snake oil. Yeah, because because here's the thing, right? Like if somebody's doing what you're saying, Steve, I, I would assume they're not getting people any results. You right. know, like one thing I challenge people on all the time, right, is like, you know, hey, like ask people for the results they've gotten people for what you're looking to pay them for. 
we, we're just in this weird culture. RJ reminded me when he went, I got a guy running around calling me a scammer right now, <laughs> beating court eight times, right? I'm not losing any sleep over that, right? Like the, the, the actual reality of it is this, right? Like people exposed for their own benefit. That's, that's the harsh reality. People are always looking to expose somebody for their, their own benefit because I never see anybody doing anything about what they're trying to expose. Right. When I, when I see other influencers and educators, like talking about other people and referring to other people, uh, I just think it's pretty corny, right? Like if you're not going to say who you're talking about and why, then it really has no room in the space to me. Right. Like, you know, that's, that's so CJ, what, you're, what you're talking about though, right. Is like, you're, you're suggesting that they should vet the mentor. Right. But you're assuming that everyone is going to go through and do these things and isn't going to fall for the marketing. Isn't going to fall for the false promises. Like this is what, this is the, the greatest challenge. So there's, this is breaking news. I know to everyone, but in this industry of real estate investing, there's something that is different than comedy, right? When, when uh, Kat was calling out Cedric the Entertainer, there's actual video of him stealing that that same joke, right. right? You can actually go back and see it. The difference in real estate investing that we all know. What's the one of the first things that we say at the Collective Genius, Steve? In the first day, check first your ego at the door. Check your ego at the door, because in this industry, people always round up on numbers. Now I'm not saying all. <laughs> Gross not net, huh? Gross not net. <laughs> People lie on their numbers. I know that's breaking and shocking, but the reality is that it is common practice uh, in this business. And that's why I said before, I'm not here to flamethrow anyone. But if I am asked on, should I choose Steve Trang uh, as, my, uh, as my sales trainer, I'm absolutely going to give them all the positives and all the negatives, the, the, the one or two that I've heard. Uh, I'm going to give them the truth and let them then make the decision. But Leon, but even are. in that scenario, like for me, like if somebody says, hey, don't do business with RJ because of X, Y, Z, like that's, that's not going to sit with me. I'm not that type of person. Right. Unless you can show me a firsthand experience and like you can you can reasonably tell me why you had a negative experience with RJ. I'm not naive. Right. Like I know that some people don't like other people like we we, we got to stop operating in this world like as if unanimous love exists. Absolutely. Right? People don't unanimously just love everyone or Here's like everyone. Thing. Here's one thing I say all the time. All of us um, as a community, as uh, educators, um, as trainers, we cannot be all things to all people. So we cannot satisfy every single individual. Absolutely. People should understand that when they're making decisions. And that's a great point. Because yeah. how, many, how many times has somebody and I'll be quiet, RJ, how many times has somebody from a jaded perspective <laughs> Shout out to RJ Bates, man. I like the hat. How many times from a jaded perspective has somebody told you not to do business with somebody? And, and maybe they've never even done business with that person themselves. Sure. Right. Sure. You know, they're operating from a secondhand conversation or thought or opinion or you had, you don't even know what the person's ulterior motive is. So I just think we got to be cautious with that. We, we have to be cautious in all ways. But we I think we certainly have to be cautious with judgment. CJ, you done? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can try to get some points. Go ahead. Shout out to CJ's uh, opinion on this one. He he really wanted to make it known. Uh, going back to what Leon was talking about, you know, everyone rounds up on numbers and things like that. And, and taking a little bit of a shot at CJ here, I think this is why it's important to follow people's organic content. If you follow it long <laughs> enough, enough, you will see lies being told or the story adds up. Because the lie, the, the liars out there, they will tell you, hey, I'm doing $10 million a year. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see like the, the posts change. And then it's like, I just did my first million dollar month. But I thought two months ago you had 800000 in escrow. Like the story don't add up sometimes. So the organic content can, you know, kind of lead you to which one to stay at least RJ saying at least delete the post, man. At least when you make the, when you make the new one, at least delete the old one because it's, it's, we can add. Everybody's got a calculator. You, you know, go or back just saying, update, update, go update the old posts to align with the new storyline. Always read the edit. Always read. The edit. <laughs> one one last point on this. You know what I see the the most inflation of numbers. Not not to take a flamethrower to anyone. Oh boy. But 
when someone tells me they do 20 million in business, who is that generally? Realtors, baby. Thank you. Realtors. Yeah, oh. shout, yeah, shout out to NAR. I go to a hundred million this yeah, year, baby. Everybody, I, everybody's I just losing. saw I just saw a realtor say this today. Everybody's losing points. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, I'm a million dollar producer too. Potter, you know that's truth. Hey, you know no. that is absolute truth. Look, all <laughs> you add up the price of the home, the uh, the house that sold. Yeah, right? hey, the house you sold ten houses for five hundred thousand. Now all of us, come on. Hey, dude, that's a that's a five million dollar producer, CJ. I'm a bigger producer. A bigger producer. Just for that one comment, I should get everyone's points. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I donate all of my points to Leon. Le Give them to him. Le Leon came in guns blazing on that one. He did. He came in guns blazing. I, I, I'm not a flamethrower, but. but <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give Leon the point on that one. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of rounding up in the industry uh, on both sides of the fence. There is. Uh, it does. It definitely does. Before we get into our next question, we want a word from our sponsor, uh, Pat Hilton, over at Acoustic Force Media. The world is changing. So is the world of business. It's never been easier to get your message out to the entire planet. Let me help you crack the code today. My name is Pat Hilton. My social media agency can produce you the same custom digital content that landed me on stage at the biggest business events in the world. I've rocked the roof off with the best digital marketers in the game. Getting social media content filmed and produced for your business is now as easy as ordering a cup of coffee and hopping on a video call with your friend. We find trending topics in your niche, coach you through recording in the comfort of your home or office, create engaging clips and graphics, then upload them online and manage all your social media pages. Bring your brand to life. Contact Acoustic Force Media today. Awesome. Thank you to Pat for everything that you do for the PTD crew around here. We're going to get into question number four. Nick Saban announced his retirement from Alabama and college football, leaving behind one of the greatest achievements among coaches and a grand legacy for Alabama. If you could steal one Nick Saban, one of Nick Saban's leadership traits, which trait would you pick? Start us off, Leon. Man, what a last couple of days, Belichick, uh, Saban, uh, Pete Carroll, I mean, all people that are championship level coaches. And I think the one thing that uh, I love about all of those guys is um, their ability to hold uh, uh, the ability to hold people accountable to their greatness. Um, Saban is was a master uh, at um, holding elite talent accountable to their greatness, to live up to that five-star ranking. And to me, that's the, the 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 legacy of Nick Saban, is holding people accountable to be great above and beyond whatever they came in thinking they could be, he took them to another level. So to me, it's the getting the most, it's truly coaching, right? Getting the most out of someone even at the most elite level, because there are coaches all the time to get five-star recruits and they're duds. Nick turned them into superstars beyond what they ever thought they could be. Very, very true. Good, good analysis there. Uh, we wouldn't expect anything less from you, Leon. All right, CJ, what are your thoughts on uh, Saban and what would you try to uh, go ahead and take from him? Man, uh, what an end of an era. I mean, this guy's an absolute legend. Uh, I mean, greatest college football coach ever. Um, so what I would take from Nick Saban is I think back in this moment of just hearing the question of, you know, all his pressers, all, all, all the moments that I've seen of Nick Saban. I think what I would take and I appreciate the most is his directness. Uh, you know, I'm working on making sure that I'm more direct. Uh, you know, I, I think anytime I've seen him, He's operated with the, in this direct environment with people in his communication, but he's also garnered this, the level of respect that he has uh, for who he is. So uh, that, that definitely would be uh, what I would take for sure. 
There we go. There we go. All right. I like it, CJ. Yes. Legend. Absolute legend. All right, Steve. What about you? So, from what I understand, he was always one of the best recruiters in the country. Right? He's always bringing in the best talent. Um, and he did, and he did what Leon mentioned a moment ago about checking your ego at the door. He could bring in the top three receivers in the country and have them all willing to buy into the system and wait for their time, put in the work, do the work, do your job and wait until it's your time. Right. So being able to manage all the egos all at once, I think is, is what I envy the most. You know, we have this show here. We got a bunch of alphas. These are all first draft picks, lottery picks here. Right. And every episode, Archer tries to steal the show. He doesn't check his ego at the door, right? He's trying to make the show about him, right? Like the ability to get everyone to keep their egos in check for the greater good for all parties, I think is the most admirable trait. Uh, I love that you brought RJ into the mix on that one, Steve. We appreciate it. We all do. All right, RJ, what about you, uh, Mr. Ego? <laughs> Uh, yeah, shout out to RJ. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, man, seriously. Dude, just uh, look at look at the wall behind him and just think of Steve's answer, man. It's so <laughs> That's all earned, baby. That's all earned. That's all I'm saying. Um, listen, when I think about Nick Saban, I, I think about his ability, not only for what he did for his players, but to create great coaches. Um, from his staff. His coaching tree is undeniably one of the best of all time. Not his results, but his ability to bring people up within his organization and then let them go spread their wings. Ten NFL head coaches have come from him. Last year's NFL Coach of the Year came from his coaching tree. Nine former FBS coaches, 13 current, including the back-to-back -back national championships with Georgia, with Kirby Smart. Four of those coaches are in the SEC, and it'll probably be five when one of those comes in and replaces him, and then he has three coaches in the FCS as well. I mean, his ability to bring coaches up and let them go out. I mean, what he did for Steve Sarkeesian um, mm -hmm. and, and hearing that story, Steve Sarkeesian couldn't get a job. And he said, come be a consultant for, for Alabama. And he resurrected that man's career. And now he's the head coach of the University of Texas. That, I think, in the coaching realm, will be Nick Saban's legacy, not the national championships and everything else. His ability to change other coaches' lives. I think that's what Nick Saban will be remembered for. RJ, that's a, a great point. I forgot about when I was talking about demanding greatness. I just isolated to players like the quarterback room that he had with Jalen Hurts and Tua, um, and um, uh, what's your guy's name in uh, in New England? He had three starting quarterbacks. That ain't my guy, bro. Don't put that on me. <laughs> well, he had three starting quarterbacks, and managing to Steve's point, he managed egos and he demanded greatness not only from his players that again, you're coming in with five-star egos, right? That That's one of the things that people talk about. I'm attracted to greatness. So I, if I'm reading any sports book, it's always about, you know, the Phil Jacksons of the world, Michael Jordans, obviously, the Nick Sabans, wanting to understand how you get the best out of Because that's, I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin talks about that all the time with the Pittsburgh Steelers is that coaches, our job is to get the best out of someone and coach them up and get them to be able to do I can't think of anyone at the collegiate level in my lifetime that did it better than Nick, not only from a coaching standpoint for his players, but to RJ's point, the tr coaching tree is, is phenomenal. Well, Leon, on that note, if you were to say who is the better coach, because our, our next question is about Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, the results on the field are pretty comparable, but the results off of the field and what they did in their coaching trees are polar opposites. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick's coaching tree underneath him is a hot mess. No one left Bill Belichick and went out and succeeded. So many other people left Nick Saban and went out and replicated what they did at Alabama. I mean, look at what Kirby Smart's doing at Georgia. It's basically Alabama Junior. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's Alabama 2.0.
Yeah. yeah. Leon, so I, I, like since you're studying greatness and like how to get the most out of people and that's what you admire, like what are we going to do to get the most out of CJ? Because like he just checks it in every week. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to hear the answer on that. Yeah. I like Ken Steve coming in hot today. I like, no, I like it. it. I like it. I think it's the burgundy that threw him off, man. I like it. I like it. Hey, yeah. CJ, what would you feel about if uh, Bill Belichick went to the commander? I'm not, I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, look, I, th I think, that worse. The sports, no, I think the sports world has changed, right? Like I, I, th I think that with the world of the NIL deal with the transfer portal, with how that transfers into the professional leagues. Now, I, I think these young coaches are winning for a reason, right? They're able to resonate better with their players. They're, they're able to build better bridges and relationships that, you know, I think the years of Belichick. And, and maybe Saban sees that type of writing on the wall as well, right? Alabama in the last couple of years hasn't necessarily been Alabama in certain ways, right? We expect almost them to win every year, it seems like, uh, or at least be in it. Uh, and they seem to be, I guess. But my point in saying that, you know, ultimately is like, even with us as coaches, right? Like I, we all coach here. You know, there's a certain level of work that it takes to like build a bridge of trust with somebody underneath you, whether that's a student, whether that's a, another coach, you know, whatever that is. So like to RJ's point, Saban's been able to create a level of trust with players, with with the AD's office, with other coaches around him. And and that is truly coaching all, all the way around. Yes, I would say that one thing I would slightly disagree if I'm a Washington commander fan and, and, and Bill Belichick's name was mentioned. We started this off talking about greatness because obviously Belichick and Nick, I mean, you could argue both of those are the two best college and professional football coaches of all time. And, and it's hard to argue against that. Right. But greatness generally goes with um, someone maximizing a specific piece of the business. Right. Like if I were going to bring in Belichick, there's no way I would bring him in to be the GM as well. He'd have to be like Andy Reid, where Andy was like, I, I got to give this up because right. I'm really good. I can be great at being a coach. So if you were going to do it, you have to have a great general manager that would work well. And I think that Bill can do really well still in the NFL with a great general manager. I'll say one thing that um, I also think that played a role in the Nick Saban's decision here is that he knows – he could be a great, like absolute great TV personality. Um, and I think he's gotten to the point where he feels like maybe the game's starting to pass him by. And he's like, dude, I could go, I could go be a Hall of Fame TV personality for 10, 15 more years. And that's a lot less stressful. So I think he kind of realized, like, instead of what Belichick's done and and Kind of stayed on the horse for too long. He said, "Hey, I'm going to go do something else and be great at it." Surprised by it, though. I, I, I can tell you when we got that news last night. I thought Nick would be the guy that, uh, like Bear Bryant, you know, or Joe Paterno, that died within, you know, months of of leaving. <clears throat> I just thought that he would be a lifer. So I was yeah. surprised by that. Yeah, that was definitely some breaking news. Something else to think about. Uh, he walked away from 71.8 million remaining on that contract. Like that's not. Well, like, wonder what that uh, wonder what that broadcast deal is going to look like. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, it's got to be what <laughs> greater than or equal to. <laughs> man, my man's got no expenses. Like, uh, Alabama paid off his house. I yeah. mean, the guy's got zero expenses and a bunch of money in the bank. I mean, he could he, he's going to be okay regardless. Absolutely. Um, on that round, shot. Shout out to RJ getting a hold of Saban's Wikipedia page and just going through all the coaches. <laughs> like, geez, got to give him the point for that one. Uh, Get some research. We're, we're, like we're impressed when RJ brings his research. The R in RJ Bates stands for research. It but does. the J is junior because I still got him on that one. <laughs> Yo. Yo. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into our last question today. Um, now that the Patriots dynasty has officially ended with Belichick's departure, what role is more important to long-term success, management or key players? Start us off, RJ. Um, as a Patriots fan, um, Thank you so much to that organization that gave us 20 plus years of just amazingness. I mean, uh, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that. On that note, I love Bill Belichick to death, 
but it's key players. Um, management cannot win without talent. Talent can win with poor management. Um, we saw that uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I mean, they they didn't have great management. They didn't have great coaching. Brady went down there with talent and still found a way to win a Super Bowl in that organization. Um, Belichick could not win with bum ass Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Okay. Like he couldn't do it. He's the greatest coach of all time, supposedly, but we couldn't even find a way to, to go to the playoffs, not much less win championships. So in my opinion, it's got to be key players is more important than management. Yeah. That third draft, third, uh, place draft picks looking really sharp this next, uh, upcoming yes, season we're, we're excited yeah. for it. All right, Leon, what about you? Well, I definitely knew where RJ was going. We've had this you know, kind of question before, and he's always uh, Jimmy's and Joe's over X's and O's. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say that Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> you never heard that one before. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah, always Jimmy's and Joe's over X and O's. That's in basketball. So when coaching basketball, yeah, I'm definitely looking for Jimmy's and Joe's because I know I can put them in my X and O's and be uh, and be competitive. But if I think about this from a business perspective and really um, dissect the question, the, the question says long-term success. And Steve can attest to this. You know, you bring in a bunch of Mavericks as your acquisitions people, and they will get you to a certain point. They're really good um, at, at uh, the gift of gab and closing. Uh, but it is a temporary fix. If I dissect the question and look at long-term success, and don't get me wrong, they're both super important. You've got to have the Jimmys and Joes. But for long-term success, for me, the, 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 you've got to have management and key um, and processes to build key players. It may not work in the NFL, but from a business perspective, this is which, which way I'm going. I'm going on the management and process side. There we go. They're, you're only going to go as far as your systems will take you. All right, CJ, what about you? I mean, it's obviously management. You know, uh, I mean, management's always going to win out. Management, great management creates key players uh, at all ways, right? That, that comes down to your training. That comes down to your scouting. That comes to how you develop people. Uh, so it's always going to be management to me. Uh, and, and that should be evident, right? I know this is RJ's favorite team. Uh, but he could watch maybe more hockey than football. I don't know. Right. But uh, once the key player left, right, uh, as they often always do, right, when we asked about longest relationships other than Steve, uh, and I don't know how they figured this out, uh, but nobody said keep like the key person on their in their business. Right. Uh, people leave. They go. They go try new things. They want to go other places for other opportunities. So it's always going to be management uh, because that's what creates those things. Unbeknownst CJ, I am the reason that Steve's still in business. So just wanted to share that with you. If if, <laughs> if I had to take a wild guess, that that would have been it. There you, you know? go. Uh, that's it right well, there. I mean, you're doing Somebody's got to carry the the sled from the front. <laughs> And uh, it's not light-skinned Steve, bro. No, yeah. and he's doing $100 million worth of business every year, so you know that. Hey. Hey. The, the, listen, the, the, it can't be the guy who spends $150K on a, on a, on a digital token, all right? That, that can't be the guy we trust for everything, all right? Oh, man. All right, Steve, what about you? Management, <laughs> management so, or key players? So there is some truth there, and Matt has been an absolute key player, if not the MVP throughout uh, my, my career. Uh, so I, th I don't think you can have one without the other. You know, you look at it as a, as a leadership principle, the team can only go as far as the leader can lead them, right? And a leader can only go as far as the team can take them, right? It goes both ways. Um, so you can't just focus on one or the other. Um, I take that back. What we can control is ourselves and be the best version of ourselves so we can attract the people that will want to work with us right so then we can build out the best systems but you can't you can't just have a great system i can't go to collective genius like okay i'm going to sign up for left main i'm going to get authentic i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm going to do that boom we're done right i'm gonna have gary harper come in and build my business i'm done it doesn't work that way you can't just have systems and management 
Likewise, I can't just go recruit a bunch of rock stars and be a crappy leader, right? If I can't lead them, they're going to go off and like, why am I working here? I can go off and do this on my own. How many times have you heard people that run a wholesale business like, oh, my guy just abandoned me and left me to go do his own thing? The reason why they left is because they, they didn't believe in you being able to help them get where they wanted to go, right? So I think it goes both. You can't have success without having high level of management and high level of people. Key thing there being long-term success. And I agree with you, Steve. It is important for both because if we just went with talent to RJ's point, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, we wouldn't have a term called bust, right? All these players that were number one overall picks, Michael Olo Candy in, in, in the NBA, all of these people were super talented, but were bust. So you have to have both. And that had nothing to do with management on why they were bust. You, you don't think the organization, like Jamarcus Russell, you put him in the right system or Ryan Leaf or any of these players that were, they're talented enough to be a top pick overall or five pick. You don't think organizations matter. I cannot help the fact that the Raiders thought a 350 pound guy was going to be a great quarterback. Okay. <laughs> You like, can't that was you, you, just by looking you, at him. You don't know that he wouldn't have been great in another better run organization. You don't know that. Okay. But that's but that's not the question. I mean, the question we we're assuming that key players are like the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers, not the 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 bust. I you mean, wouldn't you wouldn't consider a number one draft pick a key player? Yes. No. Go look at the history of number one draft picks. They're normally bust. But but that's again. But you that's assume, Leon's point. You assume that because they 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 were great uh, or they're they're they didn't become a great player that they couldn't have become. You put a different organizations process and coaching matters. You have to have both. You can't just have a bunch of great players assume that you're going to win. Okay, so let's diving back into the first part of this conversation is the New England Patriots. Okay, what like this is the dynasty of the early 2000s and 2010 all the way into the 2020s. Why, if if their management was top notch, they had plenty of bust inside of their organization. That's just part of the 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 game. I mean, there was plenty of people that they brought along. Are you saying that just great management automatically eliminates the fear of having a bust? It doesn't prevent you from making mistakes, but you're going to have better long-term success. We're talking about long-term success here, right? Like they, did they have crappy picks? For sure they had crappy picks. But in the long run, they picked, they drafted better and they built them up. They had people like, I can't, was it Pat? uh, Who was one of their uh, DBs that left? uh, Lawyer Malloy, right? Like, I, I think that was a big contract negotiation. Like, he what? wanted a big contract, and they're like, No, we got someone right behind you. Like, they had a steady bench consistently, so they didn't have to max out their contracts with a handful of players. But let's be real what made that organization was Tom Brady. That was a big part of it. Well, right? of and course. but how did they draft him in the sixth round? Yeah, that's management. That was, that was, that was management. That's no, management. Right. Oh, it was not management. But, but, you don't think so? RJ, we're right. going to use your example. Take all of RJ's points away. If you're going <laughs> to use it, the Patriots example, you did mention earlier that they didn't have a lot of coaches that have that have panned out. But one thing they lost a lot of and more, uh, more responsibility continued to go with Bill Belichick was personnel. Like the more people would leave and start and go into other organizations to be in GM and VPs of personnel and those type of things, their talent evaluation – continue to go downhill. So my, my point in saying that is the system and the coaching and all of that still could have been great, right? But the evaluation of the talent, they, they you need both to be successful. No way, bro. You're so dead wrong. What are you talking so, about? You can't, you can't, <laughs> judge, you can't and, judge an organization by his last three years. They right? won like they, three Super Bowls in the first four years, and then they won the back three – on the back four years, what are you talking about? Their talent evaluation went down. No, I'm talking about recent. The, the, the recent last three, four years where they haven't been. Yeah, I think I think you're losing RJ. RJ's one of those guys, man. Like 
Just the go. You know those guys bro. that like all they talk about is their high school laugh. accolades. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a long time ago, bro. Yeah, Al Bundy. Hey, hey, so uh, all right, Bundy, Al Bundy. Hey, so real quick, uh, have you guys watched The Art of Coaching? Uh, so it's an it's an HBO special. I watched it a couple of years ago, and wait, I it's, thought you didn't watch TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. It was a it couple was of years ago. Everybody so TV. It was documentary. HBO isn't television, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's a streaming service. Home Box Office. He goes to the Botanical Garden, man. Home Box Office. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> The Art of Coaching, and it's basically, it's a it's a uh, interview with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Oh, you guys okay. know, right? Yeah. Every year, they, they take turns going into each other's house for this, like, you know, in the summer, and they just talk football, right, for two full days or whatever. Okay. It's a it's a very fascinating documentary. Like Nick Saban, you're talking about coaches that have built up other coaches. I don't know if you know this, RJ, but Nick Saban was a coach under Bill Belichick. I know that. And, yeah. and listen, everyone wants to get. You read it on Wikipedia. It's not Leon. I will say this: you yes. need to read the. You need to jump around over here. What's, what's RJ doing? Leon, you need to you need to read the dynasty, and and that was the. I actually have. I actually have read the dynasty. Then I, you need to read it again and actually try to comprehend. <laughs> yeah. This is the first. This is the first time we had on the show where I just, where someone said, "Hey, go read a book. Hey, do yourself a favor. Go pick up a book." So the easy answer, the easy, the lazy answer is that it was just Tom Brady. That's an easy lazy answer. That's lazy, RJ. It was, it was frustrated and stressed out, RJ is my favorite. It was, RJ. <laughs> it was Wes Welker, it was Randy Moss. It was all of these key players. Yeah, they got there because of management, bro. You think they just you think they just ended up over there? Yeah, Randy Moss broke into Tom Brady's hotel room and said, I want to come play for you next year. He didn't break into Bill Belichick's hotel room. He said, I want to play with you, motherfucker. And they signed him. <laughs> Brady said, yo, hey, I'm going to throw 75-yard bombs to Randy Moss. <laughs> nah, happy birthday, RJ. Steve <laughs> RJ, is like, RJ is like your friend. He spent a little too much time in the champagne room. And now he's got all this built-up frustration. Uh, that's hilarious man. for shame that's rj hilarious. for shame are, are we still that's on we're, we're, <laughs> yo. all right so clearly we have some passionate debate uh regarding this uh manage maybe we're gonna bring back a you know next week we'll do a management versus uh key players question again because clearly there's some unresolved issues here um loving the well news you know what though I, w- I want to say, I want to give more shout out, I'm sorry, to management. So good job, Cassie, for honing in <laughs> this player. Steve, I was literally thinking the same thing earlier. I mean, could you could you imagine RJ as the key player, no management? I mean, <laughs> Jesus Shout out to Christ, Cassie. Uh, He's probably out here fighting contractors and ca- stuff. Ca- <laughs> Cassie just gets an automatic 10 points at the start of every PTD. Just for just for getting RJ here on time. Um, great show this week. Uh, loving the new stream deck. Being able to absolutely uh, award points as you guys give zingers. Um, the inaugural uh, winner today is going to be Leon G. Barnes. Uh, love it. Um, that was that was a well managed uh, show, if you will. Um, we had a blast today. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let everybody do outros. We're going to start with our winner, Leon. Say bye to the people. I stated it earlier. You can go back and watch the tape. Spitfire, not necessarily flamethrowers. So great show today. <laughs> I love, I love, just as much as we love Steve, uh, 420 Steve, we love Angry RJ. Love Steve, <laughs> as always. Yo, Angry RJ. <laughs> Angry RJ is my favorite cartoon show to watch. <laughs> All right, CJ, say bye to the people. Nah, bye to the people, man. Uh, bye to Angry RJ, man. I can't <laughs> wait to see him again. It's like my favorite guy on the planet, man. Uh, great show today. Congrats to Leon. Leon's often right, uh, and, and he, he comes from this very, you know, like stoic place. Uh, so good win for Leon today. I think it was well-deserved. Uh, I was going to give him all my points too, uh, you know, but I just didn't want to follow behind RJ because that didn't seem like good management. Uh, but uh, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, startflippingdeals.com. Haven't done a class in a month. We're back. Baby, I'll see y'all tonight. All right. Steve, say bye to the people. 
Bye, everyone. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, shout out to the U fam. It's, it's, they're blowing up with lightning bolts in here in the chat. Um, and uh, if you guys, please, you know, those that are still watching, if you could subscribe to this channel, right? If you're listening on iTunes, subscribe. Come in and defend me. I am under massive verbal assault here in the comments. These communist accusations <laughs> are completely unfounded. RJ telling everyone I voted for Bowden. Biden completely untrue. It's coming back to hurt me. Please subscribe and defend my honor inside the YouTube shorts, please. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, make sure you subscribe to uh, PTD. Uh, definitely do that. Go ahead, go in there. Give Steve a rash of it. That is what we're looking for. All right. Last, <laughs> certainly not least, say bye to the people. <laughs> RJ, angry RJ. He was angry. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> seeing how Leon was the player today, we got to give a shout out to Leon's management. Um, Leon's copyright writer <laughs> gave him all the answers today. Shout out to him. Um, shout out to Leon's scheduler, the person that told him to show up five minutes late so the whole show could start late. <laughs> shout out to Leon's groomer, who got rid of that terrible beard that he was showing up with. For two weeks. And shout out to Leon's reader, the person that reads books and then tells him what the book is about so he doesn't actually comprehend what the dynasty was about. Congratulations, Leon. You got your win for the year. <laughs> wow. Someone seems butthurt. Um, seems slightly angrier than normal. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you had as much fun watching us as we had being here. We will see you guys next week.